I'm Kim Bailey, she's Rihanna Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. This week we've got another case study, and I'm going to let Fuliana introduce it to you. In this podcast, Kim and I are going to be talking about sense of urgency at work. How this came about, it's actually in response to one of our podcast listeners who sent us a scenario, and the way she put it was that she has just joined an organisation She used to work at a very, very high-paced organisation and in the current organisation she's in, she believes or feels that the team don't have a sense of urgency. On the plus side, the organisation is very good, it's successful, it's produced good products and services and the team that this manager has, apparently quite impressive, produce good work when they do, however... She feels that they're not really moving fast enough in a sense of urgency. So let's look at that and let's talk about what do we mean by sense of urgency. Let's talk about what we think it is and it isn't. Sense of urgency does not mean you run around frantically looking busy. That's actually a false sense of urgency. It's not the rushing or appearing to be ticking boxes all the time. I did 20 emails this morning or I finished two projects or whatever that might be. That is haste. It doesn't necessarily lead to good outcomes. So what we're talking about here is really sense of urgency to me is drive. It's a purpose. It's understanding why you're there. It's that hunger to get it. The other thing is, is a lot of people may not understand that they've done it this way all the time. And they seem to have this idea where they say, no, 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 I'd rather take 10 times longer and get it right than just rush it. So you might be used to it somewhere else, but here we value quality. They might have that mindset. First of all, don't try to compare the previous organisation to the current one. Forget about that for the time being. Try to understand how these people work or what their thinking is and how they are. This is a much harder task than what you think. In the team that you have, each member would be quite different at a different level. You need to understand how they work and show them by leading by example and being a role model. Get to the bottom of why they're not working, in your opinion, faster or have a sense of urgency. So, for example, there's going to be a number of scenarios here within each, uh, within your group. One of them, it could be that the person is thinking, no, everybody knows that I do good work. I've already established my name and when I produce something, it's best in class, so no, I'm not rushing. What we need to understand there, or what the person needs to take into account, the importance of timeliness and the danger of taking too long. So, for example, if you're trying to get to market with a product, if you don't move fast enough, going to be a gap between you and the competitor, so harder to bridge later on. The other thing is, it's worse than that, you could get run over. You really can't afford the luxuries, I'll get to it when I get to it, to make it perfect. Now, this does absolutely does not mean you compromise quality. 
you don't you can have both you can have both by having the the purpose the drive and the passion to get that result you can do it by seeking help and support of other key people nobody works alone so with that person absolutely continue to praise them on the quality of the work but show them that this would what maybe what they produced or whether it's a project or whether it's a product or whether it's a service how much more powerful if we got to it sooner and what the results would have achieved with other people you might find that people actually might be not as good at their job as they could be with some leadership and some training it might be that they're too scared to do something and do it fast in case they don't get it right and disappoint you as the new manager and then in their eyes ruin their own reputation be particularly sensitive to that and be helpful so have a look what might be required there it might be just a refresher training it might be that topics at a meeting that you discuss we need to talk about such and such or who's the best competitor here in other industry within country out of country give each person a task to research it and find out and bring it to the team this way it's training but it's not a classroom training or not a, you know the traditional way of oh look you're not performing at this so I think you should go to training i think that can be very demoralizing and it doesn't achieve the result what will achieve the result if we genuine in equipping people to perform better after all i'm sure everyone wants to perform better if you have some people who are totally incompetent and they over the organization and they really causing trouble well, you need to deal with that dead wood and that's a completely different strategy of course again understand each and single person be sure to set the right example make sure that in your case you share the big picture you show them how much where you're trying to get to and the part they play constantly reward people by praise in public when they achieve something don't just talk about no, that's really really good work talk about three things at least about why it was good that it was delivered at on time budget and quality when you talk about time and talk about what it enabled us to achieve because of that timing factor then you can get people to start thinking more and more about the sense of urgency that you mean about the purpose and drive so why are we doing it we're not doing it just to stop just running the marathon it's really or ticking the box it is about producing the quality to get the right result for the organization the staff or the customer or other areas if one of your team members is not particularly fast and also maybe not confident about what they're doing instead of going up to them throughout the the period of that project before completion and, and say to them where you at do you think you're going to meet the deadline do you, do you need any help instead of that just talk to them about which part they at and engaged in a conversation by engaging in a conversation you're able to without pointing it out you are able to give your views to give tips to give examples 
where we'll help them and give them ideas about new material. At the same time, it will enable the person and the team they're working with to see how passionate you are about the topic and that you're involved all the way through, not just to measure their timeliness and get upset or angry when they don't meet the deadline. So again, be part of that without, of course, sitting on their shoulder. You truly got to do it from a leadership passion um, point of view. And ask them to share with you where they at and maybe even say, well, can I come to one of your meetings? You guys seem to be doing really well. This is a topic dear to my heart. And just say, I might drop in if I can get the chance. I might drop in for five or ten minutes. That's quite motivating because they want you there and they know you're interested. And then, again, you give them the feedback that's deserved. You're able to pick up again if there is other resources needed. For example, as they're talking, they might make assumptions that well, there's no point asking for that, we don't have the budget for it, or that will blow our budget. You might listen to that and think, okay, that's true for this area, but I can juggle things around. So you'll be saying things, yes, we may not have the budget for this, or we can't buy that piece of equipment right now, or the marketing exercise. However, if we did have it, what difference will it make? and then start having the conversation about that. That could go two ways. It could go where, yes, it's definitely worth the investment and finding that money or equipment, whatever it is, elsewhere. Or it could lead to, no, there actually are other options. The most important thing is to build into anything we do time to think it through and time to research. Time to research, we've got a lot of available information at our fingertips. Who's doing it? How are they doing it? How can I do it differently? How can I do it better? Is where is the competition? How are they dealing with it? Now we want to have the edge. That is true for both products and services. How can I service my customers better? How can I improve my communication? Whatever that case may be. Most importantly, some of the projects can be about working within teams, within the organisation. You know, if you're not serving the customer, you are serving someone who is serving the customer. And here, therefore, they become your internal customer. And that's why you need to demonstrate that. And that's not too obvious to lots of people because, of, like you, I would have heard things said like, listen, I'm too busy trying to serve the customer instead of answering your question over in, you know, department A, B or C. If you stop to think about it, they need that information for the same purpose, but from another angle. I think I'll pause for now and give Kim the opportunity, as usual, I talk too much, see her take on that and what would she like to add to this. Thanks, Kim. It is a really interesting scenario. And I think the place to start is to think about how you feel, first of all. You're going into a new role, whether it's with the organisation that you know already or a new organisation, you know that it's a good place to be, it's, it's a good opportunity for you, it's a different team. Now, both Fuliana and I have had the very good fortune to work with lots and lots of different teams in our careers. And I guess for my part, I find that every time I come to work with a new team, I need some adjustment. 
I can't, as Fuliana said, compare this team to the last team I worked with because for the most part we're working on something different. And this is a different group of people. They will work differently to the last group. In some cases you've worked with a previous team for a long time so you forget what it was like when you were first with that team, when you started out with that, that team. And perhaps both you and the teams have grown over that time so that the, the subtle changes, the sense of, of oneness that a team has that gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of urgency, and we'll talk about the word urgency in a little bit, that comes over time when you do work together. You can't expect to walk into a new team and have them want the same things that you want without communicating them. Now, in a previous podcast a little while back, we had Dennis Gamby as our guest executive. Dennis talked about going into a new organisation or a new role and giving it 90 days, giving it himself and the team 90 days to get to know one another. And he felt that after that time, he had a really good handle on what the issues were within the team, what he could improve, what, what he needed to do, what they needed to do, and they had then a chance to have a combined purpose. And that was clear, that was communicated from one to the other. And I think that's something that we should revisit in this scenario, because that approach, that giving both you and the team time, is really important. It gives you a chance to settle into the role, to get over the initial excitement that you might see as urgency and passion, and it might well be all of those things, but it gives you that settling in period as well. The other question I guess I need to ask at this point is why do you think that there's not enough drive, there's not enough urgency within this team? What, what is giving you that impression? Is it the way they go about their daily activities? Is it the fact that they're missing deadlines? What is it that gives you that feeling? Or is it just that they're different? Realistically, is it just that they're different from your previous team? One of the things that is probably important to look at in that early time is are they outcome focused or are they task focused? Now if they're outcome focused, then you can work on the passion because you're all working towards achieving a particular goal or a particular target. If they're task focused, it's that much more difficult because you're going to get people who will work at their own pace because this is the task they've always done and this is where it fits into the great scheme of things. They don't want to change. No one is particularly fond of change that I've come across in my years. So you have to give them a good reason to change if change is necessary. But if they need to stay task focused for the outcome that you want from the team, then there's no point in changing them either. That just might be something that you'll have to accept. It's probably interesting too, I was only going to say important, but that would be confusing. So it's probably interesting, let's say, for you to think about the actual tasks and activities that are being performed within the team and separate them somehow into important activities and urgent activities. Now important activities have an outcome that leads to achieving goals. Urgent activities demand immediate attention and are usually centred around achieving someone else's goals. And that's a very distinct difference between the two tasks. So that then, if we translate that into the great Dwight D. Eisenhower time management assessment of tasks, and we talk about things being urgent and important, urgent and not important, important and not urgent, 
and not important and not urgent. And I guess the not important and not urgent are the things that you really don't want to see your team spending too much time on. So that would be the areas where perhaps they are getting a bit too task-oriented and not looking at the, the broader picture, the long-term picture. And remember that perhaps they don't know it. This might be something that you need to communicate and you need to pass on. You're also going to find, I think, in those situations and in any team, you get three categories of people. You get the people who are committed, who want to be there, who really want to see things happen and achieve goals. And they're the ones who will always be looking at the broader picture for you, but still getting their tasks done. You have the middle of the road people who are task focused, but can't or don't want to see the broader picture or haven't been told the broader picture or don't see how they fit into the broader picture and so they just remain on their task and doing it. And then you have the other group who just don't want to be there. They're sleepwalking, basically. They're just there, take the, the paycheck home at the end of the week and be done with it. Now, those people, if you can't find something that focuses them on the common goal, on the target that you want to achieve, it really comes down to thinking about do you need them in the team? Can you carry them in the team? Because really you're carrying Deadwood. If everyone else is focused on getting things done, enjoying what they're doing because they know they're going to get the outcome, they're going to get the reward at the end when they do get the outcome, celebrate the achievements in all sorts of ways that Fuliana's talked about, you can't afford in any team to have the hangers-on, to have the Deadwood. You know, if you think about it in a social situation, you wouldn't have them in your social group if they weren't contributing anything to your social group. So why would you have them in a work environment where you're focused on achieving particular goals? I, I just can't understand it. can't see how it would happen. The difference between important activities and urgent activities. I had an example just yesterday, so I'm able to talk about it today. It highlighted the difference between important activities and urgent activities and it was to do with ordering a particular product. Uh, a client came into this organisation, uh, quite a long process of preparation for buying the product, it involves artwork and proofs and back and forwards. So let's say a week of toing and froing with artwork, with activities, with quotes. At the end of it the final quote was accepted and then was talk about the production of the particular item, which normally takes three to four days, and then delivery. At that point, it was discovered that the person that the organisation had been dealing with was an intermediary for a third party that were actually going to pay for the article being produced. What it meant was that a purchase order had to be raised, that was going to take 24 hours, and then there were certain payment conditions that the actual buying organisation normally use that didn't fit into the trading terms of the organisation that was selling the, the item. And those trading terms had been clear all the way along because they're part of the interaction with the proofs and the, the quotes that go through. So the organisation, the person in the organisation that I was dealing with was quite frustrated by the process and wondered whether he had... He could do anything to improve this process and to impart a sense of urgency about the payment of the invoice prior to 
the articles being produced because that is the trading terms of the organisation selling the product. What we devised in that instance was a way of making it urgent, but the urgency was about a benefit that would come by treating this particular activity differently to the standard process. And we knew that there was opportunity for it to be treated as different to the standard process, that the standard payment was 28 days for this organisation, but we knew by dealing with other organisations of the same ilk that they can actually make it happen in seven days if they so choose. Same with the purchase order. We were being told that the purchase order was going to take 24 hours to generate. We knew that it was merely a press of the button and that if the deal, the, the special price, the quote that had been given was, was taken away, that the organisation, the buying organisation, would feel that they had missed out. And so what we devised as a, a response was that we offered some special, a special price for payment within seven days. Otherwise, it had to be a 50% deposit and the remainder could come in 28 days. There was an opportunity for the buying organisation to decide how urgent they wanted this to be. In the end, the, the end result, I know you want to hear the end of the story, the end result was that they determined that they wanted the really good price. The urgency was transferred from the selling organisation to the buying organisation and they made it happen. They made the, the purchase order happen within about two hours and they made the payment happen within that, se that first seven days so they got the good price. Now the urgency on the part of the selling organisation was that production could only happen, of this item could only happen in the next three days. So they needed to know for their own planning purposes they could commit to production because they knew that the payment was going to be coming or payment, even, even the deposit, would cover the production costs of this particular item. So there was urgency on the part of the selling organisation. Rather than transfer that as a demand and try and make this the buying organisation part of the selling organisation's procedures, we determined that the better approach was to give them an offer they couldn't refuse, basically. So what I want to emphasise out of that example is that urgency can be transferred, but you have to be careful about what kind of urgency you are transferring, what kind of assumptions you are making about procedures either side of a, a transfer of, of urgency in those situations. I've probably strayed a little bit from the uh, urgent and important tasks, but uh, that's our way in these podcasts sometimes. And I'm sure that when Fuliana and I are together again in the same room, there will be words over the fact that I strayed from the path. She wasn't here to keep me in line. I might leave it at that. I think it's a very interesting scenario that has been sent to us. And please, if you've got scenarios, do that. Send them in to us and we will incorporate them into our podcasts at some future date. They are interesting for everybody. The situations that you are going through are not necessarily unique. Uh, sometimes they're unique in, in particular parts of them. But overall, what we have found is that the scenarios that come to us are ones that we've experienced, ones that we've lived through, ones that live, we've lived beyond in some cases. And so it's good for us to be able to think back to how it was for us and to share that with you. 
and to see what other people can share on their behalf as well. Let's leave it there for this week. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.